Michelle Prince, founder and CEO of Performance Publishing Group, making a difference one story at a time. We'll be shining the light on successful founders, entrepreneurs, business owners, and leaders that are getting results and making a difference. We'll talk about how they built their businesses, are creating movements, and leveraging the power of authority in their own lives. Be sure to stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest. Let's get started. Everybody, it's Michelle Prince here, host of the Power of Authority Spotlight, where we shine the light on successful founders, entrepreneurs, business owners, and leaders about how they built their businesses, how they're creating movements, and doing all kinds of awesome things in this world, but at the same time leveraging their own authority in their, their personal life and their business life. I'm super excited about our guest today. Uh, but first, real quick, let's just do a message from Performance Publishing Group. This episode is brought to you by Performance Publishing Group, which provides top quality, comprehensive book publishing services for soon-to-be authors. The Performance Publishing team has helped thousands of people realize their dream of becoming an author. Are you going to be the next um, as a partner publisher? And by the way, I know my guest today believes in the power of publishing as well, because he's written many books that we will be talking about. But as a partner publisher, Performance Publishing Group can offer you more than just expert advice and guidance. They will make sure you get the book of your dreams and you reap the rewards. To learn more, go to performancepublishinggroup.com. All right, let me tell you about my friend, Dr. Paul Zak. He's a professor of economics, psychology, and management at Claremont Graduate University and is ranked in the top 3% of most cited scientists, or 0.3% of most cited scientists with over 170 published papers and more than 19,000 citations to his research. That is amazing. Paul's two decades of research has taken him from the Pentagon to Fortune 50 boardrooms to the rainforest of Papua New Guinea. Along the way, he's helped start a number of interdisciplinary fields, including neuroeconomics, neuromanagement, and neuromarketing. Very fascinating. Can't wait to dig in. He's written three general audience books and is, the reg is a regular TEDx speaker. His new his newest book, Immersion, The Science of the Extraordinary and Source of Happiness, was released in September. Paul is also a four-time tech entrepreneur. His current company, Immersion Neuroscience, is a software platform that allows anyone to measure what the brain loves in real time to improve outcomes in entertainment, education, training, advertising, and live events. He frequently appears in the media in such places as Good Morning America, Dr. Phil, Fox and Friends, ABC Evening News, and his work has been reported in the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, USA Today, Time, The Economic, The Economist, excuse me, Scientific America, Fast Company, Forbes, and various podcasts. My goodness, this is just an extraordinary uh, guest that we have today. And I can't wait to uh, first thank my friend, Ian Garlic, for introducing me to, to Paul. So, but welcome to the show. Thank you so much. What a nice intro. So great to be with you. Well, thank you. My goodness, you have such an impressive background. Your, your, I mean, your introduction obviously is impressive, but just you've done so many things. How on earth did you get started in this field? It's a good question. I, I'm a Martian, so I don't really understand <laughs> the humans. So I run a behavioral neuroscience laboratory and use that to try to understand what the humans are doing. Turns out, Michelle, as you know, that people seldom can tell you why they're doing what they're doing or they're sort of rationalized. So we've developed technologies, uh, a lot of it funded by the U.S. taxpayers, to capture activity of the brain so that we can understand what people uh, love doing, what their brain values, which motivates them to take certain actions. 
Um, so I'm in the prediction business. I want to understand the mechanisms that drive behaviors so I can better predict what people do. And then that help out companies that, you know, want to understand the humans like me. For sure. So were you, was this something that you were passionate about when you were young? Did you study this, you know, early on college or how did you stumble into this field? That's a good question. Uh, little by little, I think I'm a, I'm a combiner. So I like, love to steal. Uh, so <laughs> one of the tricks is to you know, steal from other areas. And, and we all know this. It happens in, in the arts all the time, but in science as well. So essentially, I stole a lot of findings from the animal literature and figured out how to apply this uh, to humans. Um, so I'm a kind of a tool guy. I like to make tools and, and make protocols. And, and even the company was uh, the result of organizations coming to us saying, hey, we want to build uh, high-performance organizations. We want to create better experiences for customers, for our employees. And you know, how do we do that? We, we've seen you in the media. And I said, yeah, I've got these $100,000 machines. I got 19 PhDs. And you know, write a check to the university. And then everybody wasn't happy, right? It was too slow. It was too academic. University was afraid to take money from corporations. So we said, okay, what if we could just make a platform to democratize neuroscience so that anybody could measure what people's brains love so that they can get more of that, right? I don't want to crappy experience. You don't want to be frustrated when you go to the BMV or Costco or, or a movie. I, I live outside LA. 80% of Hollywood movies have, have lost money in the last 30 years. How is that even possible that wow. we don't know? Yeah. Doesn't that blow your mind? Like, yes. How are we not getting better at this? And I think it's because we're asking people, do you like something? And for things that you haven't experienced or you've experienced only one time, it's very difficult to say that. Like think about meeting your husband for the first time. I mean, sometimes it's love at first sight, but there's some <laughs> trade-offs there, right? Like, ah, oh, he's kind of cute. He seems interesting. But, you know, you don't really know until you spend time with him. So I think that's the problem. So by creating knowledge and technologies to help people have better experiences, we can actually add happiness to the world. So that's really what my whole focus has been on these last 25 years. Well, I love that because honestly, who first of all, who doesn't want happiness? But Second of all, we need it. And, and I'm, you know, I'm fascinated with everything with the brain. And so I'm, I'm even trying to like understand fully how this works. So give me an example of, you said, you know, you're implementing this within government and companies and all that. Is there a good example or, or, or a case study of, of how this was implemented and, and some positive outcomes that came out of it? Sure. Um, let's do corporate training. So okay. you and I have both been to zillions of conferences. Mm -hmm. That sometimes we're required to go to, and you go to some offsite, you sit there, and you have a nice meal, and you chit chat. But what's the ROI from that meeting? Right? It's really the information that sticks in your brain, right? Mm -hmm. So most of the professional services organizations are subscribers to the software platform I build in order to uh, understand, measure, and improve the impact of the training they provide to their employees and also the interventions that they create companies that hire them as consultants. So we want, really want to know, is my brain you know, on fire on this? So for example, Accenture, which is a long-term client, has mm -hmm. found that people cannot stay immersed in training for more than 20 minutes. Wow. So we often live with the tyranny of the 60-minute clock, but our brains don't work on 60 minutes. 60 minutes mm -hmm. is just arbitrary. So Accenture has done what I call the 20-20-20 rule. They have uh, never have someone speak for more than 20 minutes and then switch gears and do something that's different, say participatory learning, table work, um, build a model, physical model. And then after 20 minutes of that, they switch 
and they do a debrief where they do something else. They've even found that breaks have to be longer when the brain's deeply immersed, it's metabolically costly and they need more than just a couple of minutes to reset. Mm. So it's really extending out that training, making it really intensive, but give you a break. So I'm like, like working out. The brain's very much like a muscle. Okay. Work it hard, mm -hmm. no time to recover. Work it hard, recover. Yeah. That's how you grow. I really love that. And I totally agree with that, that we, we can only take information in bite size or you know, small amounts. And I have been to many of those conferences you're talking about. And by the end of a eight hour day, your mind, like your brain literally hurts from trying to absorb all that, but you probably are only absorbing. I don't even know the number, but you know, 10%, 1%. It's 10%. That's Is it 10%? People were, okay. Yeah. That's and yeah, we can see we're, we're adults. So we can sit in a chair yeah. for eight hours. doesn't mean that right. our brains are actually able to absorb this. So even <laughs> things like eight hour town hall meetings that a lot of companies do once a year, much better to do one hour, mm -hmm. five days in a row, or 10 days in a row if you need it, than eight hours in a room. People just don't get value from that. Moreover, it starts to stress them out. Right? You start mm -hmm. just like, my butt hurts. So one of the uh, learning architects from Accenture had a wonderful phrase that I'm going to steal. He said, Maslow's hierarchy always wins. In other words, if your feet hurt, if you have to pee, if you're hungry, you're burning neurologic bandwidth. You're not going to be able to attend to that. So make people comfortable, create a, uh, an environment of psychological safety, right? Mm. Give people great content, deliver it well, and then let them absorb that. So sleep is really important too. Mm. So, you know, we're terrible. I think now everyone is on board with sleep is really important. I didn't yes. used to be, but now I'm convinced. <laughs> so, you know, Two, for example, if I'm going to do a, a corporate training, it's much better for me to do two four-hour days. So let me do the afternoon of the first day, give you some homework, sleep on it, let you consolidate that information during sleep, and then come back and do a morning the second day. Much better than doing eight hours, you know, just in one shot. Oh, I love this, and I, I'm in the training world myself, and so I'm even thinking of my own events. And and I, over time, I've learned that a three-day event is too much. We're down to a two-day event, but I even like what you just said because. I'm that way. I know when I go to an event, I just want to go back to my room or I want to find a place to just think and absorb. And, you know, I'm a, a note taker. So this makes perfect sense. Why? But it's measurement. I mean, think, you know, the, the, there's lots of good ideas in the world, but once we can measure what the brain values, and that, again, took me 15 years of my life and millions of dollars is taxpayer money. And I can tell you why <laughs> the taxpayers paid for that if you want. But, you know, by having a tool that says, okay, I'm being effective now. And particularly, it's a real-time tool. So look, people are checked out. So uh, again, I'll use Accenture because they've been very public about this, but like sales training, give your pitch, let's, let's measure the room right now and just see if that pitch really immerse people. If their brains go, holy crap, this is exciting. Or if not, recraft the pitch, try it again, right? Try it again. So it's really right. iterative process. There's no perfection in the world, but if we can just move towards getting better, right. then I think- you know, we're making progress. So how do you measure if the brain, what, what the brain, in that example, how, how do you know? And, and is each person different? And how do you evaluate that? Great question. So what we found is that these two core components are necessary for you to acquire and remember that information. One is attention. That's not uh, surprising. That's mm -hmm. associated with the, this neurotransmitter dopamine binding to the prefrontal cortex. But the second is you have to actually care about it. Can I use one bad word? Sure. <laughs> okay. So one of our clients called this the give a shit measure. 
And you sort of have to, right? Your brain just wants to idle. It takes so much energy to run your brain. 20% of your total calorie intake is just for your brain, which is 3% of your body weight. So your brain is at this high overhead. So I've got to get you to care about it. So I can do that in three ways from the training, from the marketing perspective. One is make sure you're prepared for this information. Are you ready to absorb it? That's mm-hmm. establishing this safe environment, psychological safety. If you're rushed, if you're hungry, again, if you have to pee, whatever that is, you don't have the bandwidth. So readiness is one. The second is how you structure the content. As I said, mm-hmm. smaller chunks, more intensive chunks. Storytelling is really important. The brain loves storytelling. Have a narrative arc, have emotions, have energy and passion if you're a presenter. And then third is the delivery, right? If I speak in a monotone, right, you just fall asleep. So right. from the presenter's perspective, and that's all testable, right? You can have two of the same uh, sets of content with different people delivering it and ask, is it better if a woman or a man does it? How mm-hmm. about Bob versus uh, Frank? You know, there's all kinds of good questions and then videotape that. So we do that by pulling data from smartwatches. So the output file of the brain are the cranial nerves uh-huh. and these pass through the heart. So we don't care about heart activity, but I can infer with algorithms that output file by looking at these very subtle changes in the heart. So an Apple Watch or a fitness sensor using uh, the algorithms on our platform will tell us in real time how much you value this experience. That is unbelievable. And then that's the key. Sorry, this this, this is the secret. Keep going, yeah. Every company and every book has a secret. And I'll tell you the Mm -hmm. secret for mine. We measured 50,000 brains because we have hundreds of people measuring hundreds of other people, hundreds of subscribers to the platform. So with 50,000 brain observations, which no neuroscientist has ever captured before, I can start to see trends. So the book says, look, here's the things that we've discovered in training and education, in marketing, in entertainment, um, in in, uh, employee uh, experience. Um, so we can share all this and emotional wellness. Oh, that's really big. And yes. the whole point of the book is let's create experiences that people are just turned on. They're having a great time. The employees, the customers generates high customer lifetime value, but also makes those employees feel so great. Mm-hmm. And I killed it today. Those customers are so happy. They're smiling. They love what I'm doing. Positive feedback loop. And then we're back to increasing happiness in the world. Oh, my goodness. This is so cool. Uh, one, I can't wait to read your book. <laughs> so in, it's called Immersion, the Science of the Extraordinary and the Source of Happiness. Who is that book for? Is it for an individual or is it more for a large organization of, of how to implement this into their organization or both? It's for both. It's primarily a business book, but anyone who's curious, like I am, if you're a Martian, about why humans do what they do and also how you might Uh, influence them. So the second to last chapter is called persuasion. So Mm -hmm. that's what social creatures do. We persuade each other. I've been married 27 years. I'm still nice to my wife, believe it or not, because I want her to be nice to me, right? I'm still trying to persuade her to keep living with me. (laughs) (laughs) But sometimes it's a hard sell, let's be honest. (laughs) Right? So we only do that because we are social creatures. We're constantly persuading each other. So if I'm going to persuade someone, I should understand how to do it as well as possible. Now that person's, there's no brainwashing. That person still has a big brain. If they don't, you know, I can show you a great commercial for diapers. If you don't have infants at home, you just enjoy it and your brain flushes it out. Right. But if you do have infants, it's relevant to you and it's a great commercial yes. and the price is reasonable. Like, oh yeah, huggy. So that's a pretty good idea. So mm-hmm. if I'm going to sell diapers, let me sell it as well as possible. That is really interesting what you said about persuasion. And, and when you said that, I was thinking of the word influence, really. 
influence is the ability for people to want to listen to what you have to say. And, and, and you know, the, the show being called The Power of Authority is it's a play on words about you can't spell authority without author. But my point in that is it's it's not about being an authority. It's about putting yourself in a position that people want to hear what you have to say, because there's so much noise in the world and there's so much, um, you know, social media and everything else. So what I heard you say with this, though, is, you know, persuasion, it's a good thing. And it, it probably... I'm guessing it ties into this happiness brainwave or something that when you know that you have influenced someone or persuaded them in a positive way, does, does it kind of come back to you that way as much as it does to the person receiving it? Yeah, both ways. Exactly <laughs> Am I making right? any sense yeah. with my question? Yeah. When we have these peak experiences, these peak immersion experiences, mind-blowing experiences, I give a lot of examples of the book, Checking in the Four Seasons, uh, mm -hmm. Disneyland. Yeah. It, it begins to stretch our brains and actually allows us to have more very valuable immersive experiences. Mm. And these are ultimately, as you suggested, Michelle, are about service to others. You only yes. listen to me. I can only influence you if I am serving you, if I'm giving right. you what you really want and need. And when I do that, I get the enjoyment from that. But you also mm. get this amazing experience and it allows us to be really present to everything we do. So it sets up our brains to be really satisfied throughout our entire lives. Mm, that is so perfect. Now, you know, my mentor was Zig Ziglar and his most famous quote was, you can have everything in life you want if you just help enough other people get what they want, right? And, and it's, that's what this is all about. So, uh, and ultimately everybody wants to be happy. They want to have hope. They want to, you know, mm -hmm. so, so, and by the way, you, you say you're a Martian. I feel like then I, I am also a Martian because I am obsessed with human behavior. Um, I, I'm more, I'm a human behavior consultant in the area of DISC and, and personality profiles and working genius and all of those. So this is very different. I'm, I'm not a scientist, but I, I just am fascinated with the way people interact. And, um, and when we can understand each other better, we have better relationships. The world is just a better place. Mm -hmm. you know, I tell you the dirty that... secret of neuroscience. What? There's no consistency. Everyone's going to be inconsistent. We're all going to be weird. Mm. You're sitting in the soup of 200 neurochemicals and we don't even know it. Mm. So don't expect your colleagues, your spouse, your kids to be the same all the time. They're just going to mm. be weird for reasons they don't even realize they're being weird. And so it really means that as fully developed human beings, we should be really tolerant and accepting of our own weirdness, of the weirdness yes. of others, and that's okay. You now, if that pattern persists for a long time, then I should have a talk with you, right? But mm -hmm. one bad day, let's not get excited about it, right? No. So um, have, have some, you know, some faith in humanity that it'll work out. It Crazy will. things happen, and, and that's okay. Yes. So what are, what are you excited about right now? I mean, you've done some great things. You've been on Dr. Phil, Good Morning America. I mean, it all, and I imagine you may want to be doing more of that. But, but what is something right now in the next year, even longer, that you're like really excited about? So nice of you to ask that. I think really the focus I have now is using our platform to measure emotional wellness in vulnerable populations. So the nice thing about having a software platform is that people think of ways to use it that I wouldn't have thought of. Mm. And we had a client who said, hey, we're really interested in people living in retirement homes who have a high risk of depression. Mm -hmm. Because you're measuring the value of social experiences, could you predict people's moods? I'm like, probably, let's give that a shot. And so we did a bunch of work, just published a scientific article a couple of weeks ago doing continuous measurement of people 
um, over three weeks, and we can predict their mood two days in advance with 98% accuracy. So now we're rolling this out to people who live in, who work in high stress uh, jobs, first responders, uh, people who are in uh, content moderations, people who have to pull terrible stuff off the web, uh, people in the military. Um, and so I think all these people we need to protect. And you know, Michelle, if you looked at the aging population, we are running out of humans. Mm -hmm. So we really need to protect and nurture the people who are working for us so that they can thrive as fully developed human beings, but also certainly as productive employees, because we get so much life satisfaction for being productive at work. Mm. So I think this continuous monitoring is really going to grow. And it makes me so happy to have a tool in which if I'm a cop or I'm a, a soldier, I don't have to say to my supervisor, hey, you know what, Sergeant, I, I, I need some time off because I'm just overwhelmed. I have a piece of technology that says, hey, guess what? You've got to use some resources, check in with a counselor, uh, watch a video, meditate, you know, do something that helps you self-manage your own stress levels. Wow. You know, I'm thinking about that beyond even just, you know, with the pandemic and, and how it affected even our youth, right? Imagine if there was a tool like this, not to put more <laughs> work on research on your plate, but I was just thinking like the young, young, you know, teens or even younger or young adults who struggle so much with depression and suicide and uh, how amazing would it be if something was available for them as well? That is so. Yeah, we're in talks with several universities about rolling this out, but it's been slow. You know, universities yeah. are always slow. <laughs> Businesses are fast because they have a problem. Let's solve that problem. So right. I'm hoping that there will be enough of a wave that we'll start seeing this, for example, in patient populations. So if you're uh, suffering with recurrent depression, again, you may not, if you're depressed, you pull in, you may not reach out and get help, but. Yeah. You know, you could have an app that phones a family member or a friend or a clinician to check in on you. Mm -hmm. So this is really, really my focus for the next, uh, you know, five years of my life. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm excited. You're excited, but I'm excited about this, too, because this is this is this is the kind of stuff I love to talk to people that are, you know, we're all in business. It's a means to an end. Right. You know, but at the end of the day, if you're doing something that's going to better the world, people, I mean, it, it, that's what this is all about. So, okay, well, I really could talk to you all day, but we're running out of time. So let me ask you this, though, because the show is called The Power of Authority, I always ask my guests, what are you doing specifically to build your brand? Uh, you're on podcasts, but what else are you? Obviously, you've been in the media, but is there anything or any tips or tricks that you would offer to somebody who's listening on building their own brand? Yeah, great question. Again, I have an unfair advantage, which is I have a lab that produces research, and so I have a, a machine in which I'm yeah. putting out uh, information all the time, but really following on media requests. So that, you know, the media window is very short. Mm -hmm. So I make sure my assistant is monitoring my email all the time. As soon as there's a media request, respond to it right away. And then also I would say, get some media training. So mm -hmm. um, I went through when I started doing a lot of public speaking and got some voice training. There's a way to be a better presenter. There's a way to understand how to simplify, not to dumb down, but to make really clear, even if you understand your topic well, a lot of specialists really want to use jargon and, and go too long. So keep it simple, keep it um, inclusive. We don't want to exclude people. We want to include as many people as possible. So I think those are the two pieces of advice I would offer. That is great advice. And I, I do talk about that a lot with sound bites. Speaking sound bites, you know, we we want to share everything we know, but the listener, as you know, can only take things in small bites. <laughs> so, well, how can people get a hold of you, Paul? 
Uh, they can find me at getimmersion.com, immersion with an I, or pauljzak.com, Z-A-K. And uh, happy to correspond with anybody. So if you've got an interesting question, shoot me an email. You are awesome. Well, thank you so much. Again, that's getimmersion.com or pauljzak.com. Definitely reach out. But thank you again for being on the show. I can't wait to read your book and see what else that you're going to be doing. Thank you so much, Michelle. All right, everybody, that's it for the show. Definitely get that book. Go to getimmersion.com. And, um, you know, what are you, what are you going to take away from this podcast? How are you going to think about what makes you happy? How to, how to really function your brain in a way that, that brings yourself happiness and the world happiness? It's definitely got me thinking. So I hope it has you too. Make it a great day. We will see you next time. Thanks so much for listening to the Power of Authority Spotlight. If you are a successful founder, entrepreneur, business owner, or leader that's getting results and making a difference, and you'd like to be on this program, please visit performancepublishinggroup.com forward slash podcast to apply. That's performancepublishinggroup.com forward slash podcast. Also, if you got something out of this interview, please share this episode. Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag, the power of authority spotlight. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content, so make sure you don't miss any episodes by subscribing. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our websites, performancepublishinggroup.com or michelleprince.com. And follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.